Welcome to the Aussie Bloggers Podcasts, brought to you by Tan and Amanda. Tan's from Write Your Cancer and Amanda's from My Office Books, and you can find them both at Blogger Support for All. Join them as they talk about blogging and as they speak to a variety of Aussie bloggers who share their own stories, secrets and successes about the world of blogging. And now, here's Tan and Amanda. I'm Tan from Write Your Cancer. Hi, I'm Amanda from My Office Books, and, and we're, we're from Aussie, Aussie Bloggers Podcast. And today we have an amazing guest who I'm sure you will absolutely love as much as we do. And we have Helen Edwards from Recycled Interiors. Hi, Helen. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you going? Yeah, we're great. Listen, tell us a little bit about your background and what you've been doing and, and how you got started. Sure. Um, well, my background, I was actually trained as a social worker, so I worked as a social worker for, for about 15 years. Um, and then I decided that I wanted to do something in the diabetes field because I've lived with diabetes since I was 12, type 1 diabetes. And I could see that there were lots of mental health issues that weren't being addressed. Um, and the internet happened and happened and came in at work. And I was fascinated by the potential for using the internet to reach out to people. So I basically quit my job and started an online counselling service for people with diabetes and there were no blogs or social media and so I kind of um, felt my way with that and it was very successful over the last 15 years I've run that became a a national charity and uh, won lots of grants to help lots and lots of people across the world with their diabetes and their mental health Um, and then about three and a half years ago I had a real yearning to do something in the broader community um, and I'd always been very passionate about environment and sustainability and design and, and DIY and upcycling and so on and um, ever since I was a really small girl I wanted just wanted to write so I decided to start this Recycled Interiors blog and it just took off really quickly and I found that there were lots and lots of people who were also really into this kind of thing um, and I've now got over 100,000 people following the Recycled Interiors blog and yeah it's my full-time gig now. Wow, that's awesome story. I mean, particularly because you've been in the trenches since before social media and even blogging became so popular. Yeah, particularly in Australia, I think. Um, I think we were kind of a bit later to catch on. I remember people talking about blogs. I had a, a bulletin board style forum um, where people could you know, communicate and connect with each other. And I created a thing called an emails buddy, email buddy program where people would send me information and I would kind of match them with another person with diabetes. Yeah. Um, and so I sort of created a social media in a way. Um, and, and then when Facebook erupted here, I jumped on really quickly and we started offering groups in Facebook. And after a while, people didn't really want the email-based counselling. They didn't want the forums. They just wanted everything in Facebook. Yep. Um, and I've, I've closed, I'm just in the process of closing that charity, but we still offer a number of groups in Facebook and I have some beautiful volunteers that are still supporting lots of people. So I think there's a lot of capacity for social media to do a lot more for businesses than just having a page. Absolutely, absolutely, Helen. And um, that is the whole idea of creating community engagement is done really well through Facebook groups and you are quite good at that. So would you like to explain to our listeners how you started that and what keeps it going and how to actually get that community engagement happening? 
Sure. I think the difference with the groups is that when you have a business page, A, our our organic reach is getting harder and harder as more and more content is produced on Facebook and they do have to have an algorithm in order to, you know, help us to navigate. Otherwise, it would just be impossible. Um, But unfortunately, as business owners, that is getting trickier. There are tips and some ways to um, but with a group, people will come over and visit the group, whereas with a Facebook page, people just stay in their own feed. So they don't tend to go, oh, I'm going to go and check the 75 Facebook businesses I follow. They just <laughs> if Facebook decides to show it. Um, and with the group, people are more engaged in a group. They're more likely to come over and check that community. Um, so you've got a little bit more ability to engage and, and connect with people so it can be quite powerful. So we set up, we actually set up a team group. Um, with the diabetes uh, service as well. So we had a secret counsellors group. So we would have constant communication there about people that needed support in particular groups or issues or concerns about whether we needed to ban somebody for any, you know, inappropriate comments and so on. Yeah. Um, and we also have a group for our volunteers so we can support them. That's also secret. So that's quite handy for businesses because you can actually use it as a bit of a team um management kind of thing as well with a secret group um and yeah we developed groups for different areas of mental health and well-being and diabetes management and and then would have different moderators that would moderate them Um, it's very important with groups that you check out who you're letting into the group because there's lots of spammers and scammers around Mm -hmm. trying to get into groups so you do need to put the time into going and checking profiles before you let them in and we always say if in doubt keep them out like it's it's your group um even if that's a valid person if they've got no profile picture or no cover picture or you can't really see you know friends or it says it's a she but it's actually obviously not you know and it's got some strange picture on there that doesn't look right then you don't let them in um bearing in mind that even if you let people in there can be things that go wrong so you do need to be constantly monitoring and and moderating the groups um with recycled interiors i've used it for um challenges so for free challenges that i've run to increase signups to my email newsletter um and lots of people are using groups as adjuncts to things like programs that they're you know paid or free programs that they're running for their business Um, and that's a really fantastic way to engage people and then um it's offering them i guess an extra part of what they're paying for so they can engage with you and with the live video i'm really excited about the possibilities because i'm using that on my main page and i think using that in groups um is going to be a fantastic tool yeah and that's interesting because i'm i'm as you know we've got our aussie bloggers podcast group and the one thing i've experienced over the the year of trying to build a community is i find it can be quite challenging so when it comes to engagement and involving people, I've noticed that you've spoken a lot about um, having like free um, contests and engagement in the sense of having targets. So what sort of things do you do, Helen, and some people might be very interested in um, to get that engagement going? Because to open the group and invite people is in simple process yeah, yeah but to then get genuine subscribers who actually interact and engage on a regular basis that is where i find is much more tricky and challenging 
Yeah, and I think since we started our diabetes groups, you know, a long time ago now, seven, eight years, whatever, maybe more, groups of, there's, a, there's so many groups. And you see sometimes someone come into a group and that says they're a member of 350 mm-hmm. groups or something. You think, oh, my goodness, how do you <laughs> keep up with them all? And, I, and I've actually gotten out of a lot of groups that I was yeah. in because I needed to just be in a certain number of groups that were useful to me personally and in my business. Um, And I've consolidated groups that I was running too and gotten rid of groups that I just couldn't manage anymore. I think in terms of engagement, you've got to be posting something a few times a day. Yeah. And the same as you do with your page. And this is something I haven't done that well with my recycled interiors groups and I'm just starting to do it. I've got one called uh, Recycled Interiors Decorating and DIY um, and for some reason, Facebook must be showing it to a lot of people because I'm getting a lot of new members every day. So what I'm going to do with that, and this is something you can do as a business owner, when you're planning your content um, and your social media, really thinking about themes that fit with what you're doing across the rest of your business and how you might introduce those to the group to encourage conversation. So I'm um, doing a Monday topic in my Recycled Interiors Decorating and DIY group about something relevant to that. So today I posted something about low um, VOC paints, healthy paints for your home um, and what have people used and what are they using and what questions might they have and do they have things they'd like to share about that topic. And then during the week I'll come in and out and um, – you know, post different links or ideas or check in on what people are writing and possibly even run a live video somewhere as part of that. I'm still kind of formulating that um, as well. And that will grow the engagement. And you can use tricks of that you can use on your main page as well, like putting up a, an image or a, a quote or something that you think people will like. Um, and that same as with your main page, if people are engaging with the post, then other people are more likely they're more likely to see that content. Um, but I think it's really more about true engagement in the groups. I think it's really a place where you need to create a proper community. Yeah, and I like the point. Like I would have thought that if you post several times for a day, that that that's too much. Mm. But as you've brought out, that's what encourages engagement. So I think that's a fantastic point you've just brought out there, Helen. That a lot of our listeners will go, oh okay, so I'm not, you know, posting too frequently through the day isn't a big issue as long as what you said, it's in relation to a theme. So people need to be more structured and they need to plan ahead is what I get from what you just said. I think so. I think with the groups, you need to be there for a, for a purpose. People are there for a purpose. So they've joined your group because they're interested in something that you're offering. So I don't know, for example, say your Aussie blogger group, you know, people are there because they want to connect with other bloggers. They want to get tips about um, about blogging and content creation and so on. So uh, you can go too far. I've been in other groups that I've left because every day is a theme. You know, it's mm. talk it out Tuesday, wash your pants Wednesday, <laughs> throw away Thursday, fry your eggs Friday, you know. And you, and you just think I can't – you get a little bit of performance anxiety because yeah. you kind of think I can't post something every day. Yeah. Um, and some groups I think get too rules-based as well. So if you put yeah. something up – I mean, you have to have rules. You do have to have rules because people can flood the group with their own stuff. Mm. Um, and I think it's really important that people don't dominate a group and that's part of being a good moderator. Mm. Um but sometimes someone will put something up and, and it gets taken down and I think, oh, yeah, I mean, that probably was something that could have been shared. So I think it's finding that balance for your community that's important too. Mm. Mm. Helen, um, 
Tell me about your blog as a business because you are doing recycled interiors full time now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. For a while there, I was doing two, two, two full time and a PhD and too many things and going a little bit crazy. So. <laughs> I said you were amazing when I introduced you. It's a little bit wrong. too, a little bit too mad. Um, yes, I am, and I actually spoke at Pro Blogger last year in the bits for businesses about uh, blogging for business. And one of the things that um, I said at the outset was that having a website now, a static website, like in the old days, you'd have a business, you'd start a business, you'd, you might get a website that says, "Here, we, this is who we are, this is what we do, and how to find us," and that was it. Um, but now because there's just so much content, you, you need to be creating some kind of fresh content on a regular basis. So it doesn't necessarily mean you have to blog every day like I do, but um, to be regularly creating some content on a regular basis that people know that they can come and find it. Um, and uh, Google will also reward you for new content so that there's constantly you know, looking around for what's new in this area and this topic. So it's really important, I think, as a business to be able to be creating content. And it also um, uh, makes you – it grows your voice. So for me as a – I hate the word influencer, but as a social media influencer or whatever you want to call it in that space, to be able to show that I know that I can back what I'm talking about. So you can see all the content there. You can see three and a half years of posts. You can go back and read – what I'm all about, you can tell who I am and what my brand stands for through the content that I'm creating on the blog. And that builds trust with people who are then more likely to come and buy the stuff that you're selling. Um, and, and I was sort of always planned to monetize recycled interiors because I knew that when my funding ended for my diabetes service, I didn't want to keep on trying to, to keep a charity going. So I kind of took the approach in the beginning that it was going to be a business. That's really interesting. So in terms of, so you actually sat there and planned and said, this is going to be my business. I'm going to make money from this blog. And you have obviously achieved it. So what sort of things would you recommend to people in ways of um, monetizing their blog? Because way back when we started many, many years ago, um, the main way was to do it through sponsorship or or ads, uh, Google ads. So what sort of things are current in terms of monetizing your blog? Yeah, I think you've got a you've diversification is the key. So it, it's I think over time when some of the bigger bloggers started to show that they were making money from advertising on their sites or um, doing sponsored content, people kind of went into a dream world of thinking, "I'll just have a blog and I'll be rich." Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And it just doesn't work like that. Um, I This is just a personal belief, but I, I would think there probably is evidence to show that, that sidebar advertising and, and those kind of clicking ads are not generating as much income as they used to um, because there's just so much noise. There's so much visual noise um, on the internet generally and we've gotten better at um, – what's the word for it? siphoning that out of our view you know so if you're on facebook and there's all this stuff everywhere you've kind of i know i can can just Mm. only see what i need to see so i think um that kind of advertising is perhaps less powerful um but i've never really done a lot of that um i tried a couple of little sidebar ads when my blog wasn't that very very big um and i made the decision that at the moment i'm not really doing 
that. And I've also had that feeling, and I've read articles about this too, that unless you're going to make a lot of money out of it, why, um, or some money, why give away really good real estate to other brands? Why not advertise your own stuff um, on your blog, which I think is really a, a clever way to, to do it. Um, the other way is obviously getting the sponsor content, and you can certainly make some reasonable money out of that um, depending on either your traffic or your engagement or both because it's not always about the biggest blog. Um, some brands might be most interested in um, engagement um, and so that's important as well. In fact, probably more important than necessarily numbers. Um, but I am part of the Nuffnang blogging agency, so I'm one of their bloggerati, they call it. It's a talent group. Um, and so they actually manage that for me now, which is great because they're out there working for, for me. So that's a that's a good way um, of doing it. And there's a few different agencies around now. There's also a lot of people now that are making money from their social media profiles, not just on their blog. Mm. Um, and there's a number of different agencies that are also um, managing those kinds of um, uh, relationships as well. Um, for me, I think there's a number of ways. So one is if you're a business already, then you're selling something already. So your blog should be a vehicle for whatever it is you're selling um, and that is content marketing. So the content marketing that you're doing on your blog is really important for whatever your brand is about. Um, the second part of that is to look at, if you want to, to look at advertising, look at sponsored content. And then there are other ways that you can also make money from your blog business. For me, that could be speaking um, events, workshops, um, I've just released a new book, so writing books, ebooks, creating content and products from your business that you can sell on your blog. So diversifying and not relying on just one thing like Google Ads. Mm, that's great. Helen, give it, let's give your book a, a bit of a plug. What's it called and has it actually been released or it will be released shortly? Yeah, no, we launched on World Environment Day. So we had a little bit of, which was the 5th of June. So we had a little bit of a pre-launch period of sales. And then we launched um, the ebook. And I also launched a limited uh, release print version. And um, hopefully they're all going to arrive on Friday. So I'm very excited about that. Um, and it's called Healthy Planet, Healthy People, Healthy Home. Create a sustainable home you love. So it's, it's broken up into three areas. Um, around design, build, decorate, grow, cook, eat and create, make, DIY. Nice. And it's lots of practical information and we've got some great contributors. So Barry Dubois from The Living Room, um, Maggie Beer contributed to the ebook version. Wow. Awesome. Um, yeah, so it's been a big project. It's been like probably 18 months from the beginning to, to getting to here. So that's very exciting for me. Oh, well, well done. Congratulations. Thank you. So what we were thinking of doing is just to um, end this, I just thought I, I love, I'll just rewind a little bit. I love the p part about how you explain that if you're a business or if you're a blogger, to ensure that your blog amplifies who you are is really yep. important and that you focus on content marketing, which is value. I also love the point that you brought out that it's not always the numbers that count. It comes down to how your marketing influences those that follow you. And funny enough, that's very much in line with what Michael Stelzner brought out in a recent um, interview he had with Lee Oden, where they were talking about influencer marketing. It's not necessarily having a huge tribe, but you can have 
a small tribe that your influence impacts significantly and you've reiterated that as well so i just think it's really important for the listeners to realize that the points that you're bringing out are ones that influential people on social media that may be bigger audience in the u.s are saying and what you're saying are completely in alignment and that then gives you credibility what you've just given is huge value and i hope listeners understand that oh thank you yeah i mean i think it, it it's really about relationships um everything's about relationships as far as i'm concerned and you think about when you go to a local greengrocer and buy your fruit and vegetables and have a chat about something with them that's been going on versus going to coles and going to the self-serve checkout and not speaking to anybody and you know relationships i think in any kind of selling environment are number one and especially when it comes to content because we are just completely saturated so you've got to grow those genuine relationships to be able to have any sort of influence on what happens um, when people see your content thank you so much helen look we've had a fantastic interview with you and i really do appreciate and value your time now if people want to contact you helen what's the best mode in which for them to go ahead and contact you Yep, sure. They can just come onto the blog, which is recycledinteriors.org, and it's got my contact details on there. Awesome. Look, thank you so much again, Helen. We've had a fantastic time. An absolute And you've given a wealth of knowledge, and I'm sure our listeners appreciate it just as much as we do. My pleasure. Thank you. Okay, bye. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Aussie Bloggers Podcast. If you would like to become a part of the Aussie Bloggers Podcast family and suggest a featured Aussie blogger or just to say g'day, visit Tan and Amanda at aussiebloggerspodcast.com or at bloggersupportforall.com. If you'd like to leave a review, they would love that too. Keep an ear out for the next Aussie Bloggers Podcast coming your way soon.